Welcome to the Glowing Health Show. I'm your host, Chayla, nutritionist and gut health specialist, helping you get to the root cause of your bloating, breakouts, and digestive issues. Each week, I'll be sharing information and inspiration with simple and effective strategies for all things health, mindset, and personal growth. Get ready to uplevel your health, ditch your symptoms, and glow from the inside out. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This is another episode of the Glowing Health Show. Today, we are going to talk about craving once again. So today is a continuation of last week's episode. Um, What are your cravings trying to tell you? Today is part two. Last week was part one. If you didn't listen to that episode, definitely give it a listen because when you're trying to find out the root cause of your cravings, it's really important to look at all the different options and see where you could possibly make changes. So today, the first thing I'm going to talk about, which could possibly be causing your cravings is food allergies and intolerances. Yeah. Did you know that you could actually be craving the foods that you are allergic to? Kind of crazy, right? This happens for one of two reasons. Either it's psychological or it's physiological. So the psychological is pretty straightforward. You've eaten something your whole life. You figure out that you're allergic to it and you suddenly have to remove it from your diet. Food for us represents so much more than just food and nutrients. It represents a feeling. It represents a memory. For many people, it represents family. Um, It brings you joy. We have so many reasons why we enjoy certain foods. And especially when we have to remove one of those foods, it can take a toll on your mental health. Um, You miss that food. You want that food. You know that food makes you feel good. And when you completely remove it and someone tells you you cannot eat it, it almost makes you want it more. So food cravings can really be psychological. We really want food that we no longer can have. So in order to get out of that cycle, we really need to kind of train our bodies and adapt our bodies to a new diet, to new foods. Um, But still that psychological period can really be tough um, when we're trying to switch over and remove allergens. Then there's also the physiological effect. So our brain can become addicted to certain foods on a biological level level. And for instance, dairy and wheat, both of these are very common allergen foods, and both of them contain a protein-like substance, which triggers endorphins in our brain and has an opioid-like effect. So opioids are a drug, and when anyone takes these drugs, it lights up certain elements in our brain to trigger endorphins, you know, joy, happiness. We enjoy the way these drugs are making us feel. And also it triggers addiction because we want to continue feeling that good. So certain proteins from wheat and dairy trigger the same type of things as these drugs do, which can again, make us feel really good and keep craving those over and over again. So we can have both um, a physiological and a psychological effect effect from certain foods and continually crave these foods. So my next point on the list is kind of ties in with the last one when I was talking about the psychological effects of food. Food cravings can come from emotional need. 
I mean, a lot of people can eat for emotional need. I think a lot of us have felt that over the last couple years during the pandemic, we're at home, we're faced with a lot of changes in our world, but that can go on an ongoing basis and it can become a coping mechanism for many people. Um, you know, life is difficult. We get stressed, we get sad. Um, you know, we have to deal with a lot of things in life and most people have a coping mechanism. Most people have that crutch that they go to that makes them feel better. Some people it's bubble baths, some people it's a glass of wine, some people it's a bar of chocolate, but you know, we all have those things that make us cope. And sometimes people's main focus is food. We crave foods that make us feel good, that, you know, bring that comfort to us, that make us feel emotionally safe. So really kind of examining, you know, how we feel about food when you're craving something really ask yourself why you're craving that, you know, is it coming from, you know, I'm hungry, you know, this might be possibly, you know, containing nutrients I need, or is it because, you know, I'm sad, I'm upset, I'm angry. There's something emotional going on that is making me crave these foods um, because they make me feel good. They make me feel safe and they bring me comfort. Next, we're going to talk about hormones. Now, hormones is a really big category, so I'm going to break them down individually. The first one I'm going to talk about is insulin. So insulin is responsible for our blood sugar regulation. Every time we eat a meal, carbohydrates, fats, or proteins, insulin helps to convert that into fuel. So glucose in our body, it helps to break it down. It helps to store it in our liver. It helps to get it to places it needs to go like our muscles and tissues. What happens when we eat a balanced meal is that our insulin kind of spikes a little bit and drops a little bit. I almost want you to imagine kind of like a little hill. So if we consistently eat balanced meals throughout the day, our insulin spikes in these little hills, you know, little spike, little drop, little spike, little drop throughout the day, which gives us consistent energy throughout the day, um, which also kind of reduces our chances of food cravings. Now, if we eat high sugar, simple carbohydrate foods, processed foods, which are mainly made of sugar, this causes our, our glucose to spike. Um, so our insulin will then spike a lot and drop a lot. So I kind of want you to imagine like a mountain, you know, your insulin is spiking like a big mountain and dropping like a big mountain. And the issue with this is that when it's spiked a lot, you know, it gives your body a little bit of a high, you're getting a bit of a sugar high, but then it suddenly drops and you want that sugar again. You need that energy again, because once your insulin drops, you're going to be hungry. You're going to need more energy. Unlike the little hills, when we're eating balanced meals, you know, little spike, little drop, we're getting that consistent energy. But with the big mountains, we're getting, you know, a big burst of energy and a big drop, which creates imbalances in our body, imbalances in our blood sugar. And we crave, you know, that high, we crave the energy, we need more fuel. So when our insulin is thrown off, this can create a lot of food cravings. Um, over time, this can become, you know, constant. This is how people get metabolic imbalances. This is how people get diabetes and prediabetes. So making sure that our insulin levels are healthy it's not just about the food you ate today. It's about how you eat food regularly. If your blood sugar is constantly being thrown off, your metabolic health, your insulin health isn't going to be good. So making sure that you're regulating balanced meals and you're making sure you're looking after your blood sugar is really important to reducing those cravings. The absolute best way to do that is to involve more fiber in your diet. 
Studies have shown that even if you eat sugar-fueled foods during the day, but you eat high-fiber foods, that even kind of lowers the impact it has on your insulin. Not saying you should eat sugary foods and processed foods and balance that out with fiber, but it just goes to show how much of an effect fiber can have on your blood sugar. The obvious ideal is that you're going to be eating fiber-rich, protein-rich, whole carbohydrate-rich, and fat-rich meals um, throughout the day consistently. So you have your meals, you're spacing your meals out um, in a proper way because if we constantly eat throughout the day, again, that's still spiking our insulin all the time. So we want to make sure to wait a few hours between each meal, four to five hours between meals to allow for our insulin to naturally spike and naturally drop and tell us that we're hungry again. If we're eating snacks throughout the day, our our insulin level is still being triggered constantly. So spacing out your meals and eating whole balanced meals will really help to reduce your cravings. The next hormone we're going to talk about is cortisol. So cortisol is really our stress hormone. So whenever we're stressed, whenever our body senses stress in our environment, it produces cortisol. If we are chronically stressed um, or our body perceives stress chronically in our environment, then our cortisol levels will continue to be elevated and always be on. So what I mean by stress is when you feel stress as an individual, if you are under a lot of stress at work, you're dealing with family issues, um, whatever you're dealing with, if you're mentally stressed, that will have an impact on your cortisol. But there is also subconscious stress. So if you aren't getting enough sleep, if you're not drinking enough water, if you're not getting enough nutrients from your diet, all these things are things that your body recognizes as stress as well, which will also... Um, elevate your cortisol levels. Generally, when our cortisol levels are elevated, we go through sodium in our electrolytes very quickly. So we tend to crave salty foods um, and you know foods with salt. And a great way to kind of counteract this is to add a little bit of a salt to our water. I love doing this with clients because it's simple and easy. Not only does it help to balance the electrolytes, but it helps to nourish the adrenal glands. So just adding a pinch of salt to your water will really help give your adrenal glands a little bit more support. But if you are someone that craves salty foods and salty snacks, possibly looking at, you know, stress in your body and kind of evaluating whether or not you might have elevated cortisol levels is a good idea. Next, we're going to talk about sex hormones, uh, specifically estrogen and progesterone and how it relates to our menstrual cycle. So every phase of our cycle is governed by different hormone. So right after your period, um, between the end of your period and ovulation is your follicular phase. And this phase is governed by estrogen. So a boost in estrogen levels um, really create a lot of energy. So you feel really good. Your serotonin levels, which are your feel-good hormone, are boosted um, and you have a lot of energy. And once we hit ovulation, it starts to even out and then your estrogen drops and your progesterone spikes. And progesterone lowers your serotonin levels it's more you feel more calm you have a little bit less energy Um, it's kind of the time where you like to kind of take more naps and be a little bit more relaxed and quiet Um, but during this phase you also uh, increase your metabolism so you crave more calories more food um, and your body is really craving nutrients this is another reason why a lot of women crave chocolate before their periods because chocolate is really high in magnesium um, and our body is really trying to get certain nutrients in order to to prepare ourselves and prepare our hormones for um, your period. 
So making sure that in both phases, you're eating really well-balanced meals. So, um, you know, whole sources of carbohydrates, sweet potatoes, grains, um, beans, you're eating proteins and fats and a lot of antioxidant-rich foods um, and also liver-supporting foods like bitter greens um, and leafy greens. This, of course, is a scenario where your hormones are balanced. If you are someone that has imbalanced hormones, then you definitely will be having cravings throughout your period, not only to help mitigate and manage um, your imbalances in your hormones, but your body is going to be lacking certain nutrients. Um, and this can really create a lot of cravings, especially closer to your period. Um, some people may view this as a PMS symptom. PMS symptoms are something that can be absolutely managed um, through diet and lifestyle changes. Um, but cravings is definitely top of the list when it comes to uh, hormone, sex hormone imbalances and um, cycle imbalances. Next, we're going to be talking about our hunger hormones. So our leptin and our ghrelin. So ghrelin is responsible for triggering, triggering our hunger. So it tells our body that we're hungry, we need food, we need nutrients. And then our leptin is in charge of telling our body when it's full and it's had enough. Now, this can really be in balance depending on what we're eating. If we're eating whole foods, if we're eating fiber-rich foods, protein-rich foods, healthy fats, then this will easily trigger our leptin, telling our body that we have enough nutrients and we're full. If we're not eating balanced meals and we're eating simple carbohydrates, sugar-rich foods, junk foods, then our ghrelin will constantly be stimulated because we're not getting enough nutrients. We're not feeling full. We're not feeling satisfied. So we'll have an imbalance in our hormones. The best way to ditch the cravings is to make sure that we're eating a balanced meal because this will trigger our leptin and we won't feel as hungry and we'll feel satisfied. So the last point I'm going to talk about today is dehydration and dehydration is incredibly common because a large portion of the population is chronically dehydrated. We just drink enough fluid just to keep our bodies going, but in all honesty, our bodies are made of 60% water. We need a lot of fluid and all the opportunities we usually take, instead of drinking water, we drink coffee, we drink tea, we drink juice, we drink pop. And yes, of course, we're getting some liquid from the these drinks, but we're not getting enough. Um, same goes for food. We do take water from our food. So if we're eating a whole food, a whole food diet, rich in plants, we're getting some food or some water there. But if we're eating a very processed diet, we're getting no fluids from, um, from our foods. And on top of it, we're causing more dehydration. Sugar causes dehydration. Coffee causes dehydration. Um, processed food causes dehydration. So it makes the situation worse. We're not only not drinking enough water, but we're also dehydrating our bodies further. And of course, once we get to the phase where you're you're physically like, oh, I need water, I'm thirsty, you're already too dehydrated. You should not ever get to that point because your body is screaming at you to drink something, drink water. Um, I really need something. What ends up happening in between is when we get mild dehydration. And the mild dehydration signals can sometimes be misinterpreted as hunger signals. So it's sometimes when you're hungry, you're not actually hungry, you're thirsty, which is why it's really important that if you feel constantly hungry, even after you've eaten a meal, drink some water, drink a glass of water, um, wait 15 minutes, see how you feel. 
um, you'll be surprised that a lot of the times you won't feel hungry anymore because it's your body just crying out for hydration. Um, So if you are chronically hungry, you eat a lot of food and you're still hungry, making sure that you're drinking enough water, two to three liters a day, sometimes more if you're exercising, making sure that you're staying hydrated throughout the day is really, really vital and that will help to reduce your cravings. This brings us to the end of the episode. I really appreciate you being here and listening. I really hope that all the information I gave you will help give you a deeper insight on what might be happening behind your cravings, what might be causing your cravings and what you can work on. I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you have questions or feedback about this episode, please contact me over on Instagram at at nutritionistchayla. Just send me a DM. Also, if you're looking to reduce your cravings and boost your gut health, I have an amazing healthy gut guide. You can grab it on my website, glowinggutthealth.com forward slash guide. I will put it in the show notes just for you to have. It's an amazing guide filled with helpful tips and delicious recipes to support your gut health journey. Thank you so much again for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will speak to you on the next episode. Have a wonderful weekend.